Today's message is really based on Proverbs 18, verse 21. We're just going to dive straight into it. It's about the power of the tongue. Hmm. The power of the tongue. Now, out of our mouth comes words. And when we use our tongue, the words that come out of our mouths is powerful. So when the Bible says, Proverbs 18, 21, let's just jump straight into it. It says this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And when I was meditating on this verse, I thought to myself, this is so true. Do we know, all of us right now, the effects we have on the words that come out of our mouths to the people who hear it? If we knew, if you knew, that the words you had had a bad effect on people you care for, would you have spoken it? Are the words that come out of our mouth affected by the words we have received? Are the words that come out of your mouth, do they come out of your mouth because, purely because, what someone has said to you? These are thoughts that were percolating in my mind. And I came to one very simple conclusion. The word of God is true. Words are powerful. Play a game with me. Let's, you guys are too quiet. I don't like this. Okay, so you have to shout out the name. I'm going to give you some words that are famous. You have to tell me who said it. Are you ready? Yep, okay. I have a dream. Oh, good. To be or not to be? Ooh. Hamlet, well done. Who said Hamlet? Well done, my friend. Good stuff. Shaken, not stirred. James Bond. For God so loved the world. The theologians may say something else. <laughs> but let's say Jesus for now. Amen? Words are memorable, right? Words are memorable. Words are also funny. Okay, entertain me here. What kind of man was Boaz before he was married? Someone said single. Yes, true. Right? No, he was ruthless. Love it. Yeah? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. Begrudgingly. Second joke. Where, were the, where was Solomon's temple located? Where was Solomon's temple located? Pastor Mark just said, Jerusalem. Answer on the side of his head. Oh. No. You see? You see? Now, words also can entertain us. They're memorable. They entertain us. And words can also be nostalgic. Where were you? This is for people who are about 30 and over. Where were you at 9-11? When the airplanes hit the Twin Towers in New York, do you remember where you were? Do you remember what your thoughts were at that time? You see, words have so many different effects on us depending on what the words are. 
Words have the ability to divide and discourage, to destroy, to mislead, to deceive, to build, to, to encourage, to guide, to kill, to give hope, to even share the gospel. And sometimes the words that we use is affected by the position that we're in. Do your words change because you're married? Do your words change because you're a parent? Do your words change because you're a pastor, because you're a dad? Do your words change based on the position you're in? Or is there a common thread that is seen throughout your life, irrespective of the role you're adopting in that moment? Is there a common thread? Can people in different um, aspects of your life recognize you for who you are outside of the role that you're currently standing in? And it's a concern if people cannot. I heard a joke one time. They said, um, if the police came to your house, uh, they came to your roads and they were arresting Christians and they walked past your house. <laughs> they walked past your house and, and you're like, no, but I'm a Christian. And they said, oh, well, we didn't know. You had no evidence to, to show us. And I heard that for the first time. I said, ooh, mm -mm -mm. if that was me, that'd be a big problem. But it's a question I'm going to ask you all. Do the words that you speak reveal the God that you believe? It's a question. So there's three fundamental aspects to today's teaching that I want to share with you guys today. Three things to watch. Watch your thoughts. Watch your mouth. Watch Jesus. Watch your thoughts. Watch your mouth. And watch Jesus. Let's go deep. I don't usually go as this deep. I want to go a bit deeper than normal today. I want everyone to understand this one very simple thing. Words spoken are sourced from the spiritual realm. I'll say that again. Your words that you speak <clears throat> are often sourced from the spiritual realm. Let's go into scripture and, just, um, and show you what I mean. Genesis chapter 3, verse 4 to 6. This is when um, uh, the enemy was tempting Adam and Eve. Now, what's really interesting is that God gave Adam and Eve an instruction. The enemy gave Adam and Eve a suggestion, which was a lie. For Adam and Eve to accept the lie... They had to accept a thought that was presented to them, not from God, but from another party. Upon acceptance of that word, sin was conceived. Moments later, they eat from the tree, and we know the rest of the story. I want you to think deeper here. The woman with the issue of blood, the Bible says that she said, if I just touched the hem of his clothes... I shall be healed. Where did she get this from? Nowhere in scripture does it say, God said, if you touch the hem of my clothes or, or of Jesus' clothes, then you'll be healed. It doesn't say that. But yet she believed something. The centurion, just say the word and my servant will be healed. It doesn't say that Jesus told him to say that. It doesn't say anything like that, but he believed, he recognized, he received something from somewhere. He believed that he spoke it. 
Now let's talk about believing and speaking. We're Christians. We're not new world. We're not new age. We're not, we're not that. There is spiritual principles when it comes to declaring something true. But you can declare all the days of your life that you'll be the fastest man in the world. Your declarations will only get you so far. I am confident you may not be seen in the Olympics, especially if you're already past 25. I strongly doubt it. However, there are uh, uh, positives of declaring things. You can't say, say a thing and it will come to pass. And I'll just describe on a Christian level when and how that does happen. But on this level, you can't just do that. But there is power in declaration. Declaration consistently has the power and the ability to reprogram how you think. Constant declarations will change your behavior. So if you want to behave differently, start looking at some of the things you're declaring on your life. Let's, let's go deeper into this point. Guys, God's calling you for a higher level. But for you to get to that higher level, there's work for you to do. There is a level of intentionality and intensity when it comes to the word of God and your time in the presence of God that together must be combined by you in order for you to do the things that God has called you to do. You have to be intentional. If I looked at the diaries of any one of these organized people that I'm seeing in front of me, I'm very confident. Tuesday, you kind of know what you're doing at three o'clock. Thursday, you kind of know what you're doing at seven o'clock. You have all these things in the natural, but here's my question in the spiritual. Your diary, what does it say in terms of your engagement with God? Are you that specific with your time spent with the Lord? Are you that intentional with your time that you're going to say, you know, I'm going to be in the Word? It's a question. But declarations are, are powerful. Now, the point I'm trying to make is the words that we speak come from the spiritual realm. So you have to ask yourself, if they come from the spiritual realm, and Christianity says that the spiritual realm is divided in two, it's light or it's dark. You now have to ask yourself this one question. That thing that that person said to me, that thing that that person done to me, are you going to allow sin against you to become sin in you? Because if you do, I need you to understand this. The darkness that was in operation in the communication that allowed you to be offended has now brought you down to its own operation. What does that mean? It means this. She's offended me. So now my heart is this way against her. I'm not going to let it go. If I have the opportunity, I'm going to have my cell time and she is going to get cast out. <laughs> but under the protection of cell. Because we're close. What goes on in cell stays in cell. See, here's the problem with that. Here's the problem with that. What people don't understand is that you're actually giving access to the enemy in your life because you won't let go of that offense. You won't let go of that unforgiveness. So what happens now is your words, words is a container. 
every word has contents in it. The question is, is the content good or bad? Now, if I was to share a negative word, Pastor Scott, can you catch this? If I was to share this negative word to Pastor Scott about my offence to him, he may now say he's now got this negative word. Now, if he believes in gossip, guess what he's going to do with that container? He's going to pass it on. That person hears it. That person hears it. Pastor Mark, you ready? <laughs> that, pass, that person hears it. Oh, Pastor Mark. He passes it on. He passes it on. He passes it on. Remember, Proverbs 18.21, the power of death and life is in the tongue. What we're doing is creating a dynamic of darkness against the person we're speaking against. And you are a contributor to that. What does wisdom look like in those moments? Let's go, let's, let's be practical, super practical today. So Pastor Mark says, Andrew, this, this, Pastor Mark will never do this, right? Go for it, Pastor Mark. Andrew, I have to tell you about that person in staff. Wisdom says this. Okay, Pastor Mark. And I'm going to leave it there. Yeah. Let me speak into the life of people right now. If you are used to gossiping and you don't see the issue of it, let this spiritual example inform you it's a very dangerous thing. Not just to the people that you speak to, but in your own life. Someone who doesn't want to gossip will not gossip. Irrespective of whether they know someone, that person that they're gossiping about or not, it doesn't matter. Until each and every one of us start to value the state of our own hearts, you see gossip as something that you just do. I'm not the gossip, I'm not the gossiper, they just told me anyway, I'm just spreading the words. I encourage you guys, if that's you, be challenged in this word right now. There was a study that took place in America about eight years ago. And the study was very simple. They were giving praise to children, children of different ages. And the praise was, was it was three types of communication. It was, you are really clever. It was, your effort in that work was so good. And the third type was nothing. They gave, they gave no feedback. The response was quite interesting. The children who heard that they were clever, they got a personal praise. They were very scared of interacting with new work because if they didn't do that well, their cleverness would be affected. The kids who were told that their effort was amazing were encouraged. Why? Because they didn't see it as personal cleverness. They saw it as, my effort could be applied to anything. 
So if you give me a new um, puzzle teacher, I'm going to do it with that same effort that you credited me with. But the person who said, no, 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 you're just a clever person in that moment. See how fear came? You wouldn't think that praise would have that effect. I'm going to ask you this one question. Look to the person to your left. Look to the person to your right, if you know them. Right? And the question is this. What was the last positive thing you said to them? Here's a deeper question. Here's a deeper question. Here's a, this, this question's hilarious. Now look around the church. Now look around the church and ask yourself this one question. <laughs> who, from who you can see, said something negative to you? And if you see them, don't, stay, don't keep looking at them. Don't listen. We're not having arguments today. Right? Now, here's my point. Here's my point. How you see someone is often connected to the last words you gave them. Yeah. Let me say that again. How you see someone is often connected to the last words you gave them. So it's down to you the person who's now in the know, to change those words. Forgiveness is a choice. Forgiveness is a God-given ability. Let's put those together. When my heart is, is synchronized with the Lord's heart, the God-given ability to forgive is now my ability to release forgiveness to people. So ultimately, don't forgive on the basis that you've been friends for years. Don't do that. Don't look for peace in an argument based on the words that someone speaks. Don't do that. Why? Because peace, external peace, isn't what you're looking for in an argument. You're looking for internal peace. And only the Lord Jesus Christ can give you that. Sometimes you're put in a situation where you're frustrated, you're angry, you're emotional. It would do you best to not say a word. It would do you best. I'll tell you a funny story. COVID season. My brother, he's, uh, he's how old is he now? 27. He, um, something happened in the house and he was really upset. So he said, Andrew, I need to talk to you right now. I said, no, I can't talk to you. Why? Why? I need to talk to you right now. I can't talk to you right now. But why not? Because my heart's not right. If I speak to you right now, I'm going to say something that's not true. It's not my real heart to you. We could have the argument, but one of us is going to end up apologizing, if not both of us. He said, wow. Okay, we'll talk tomorrow. Now, I have to be honest with you guys, that doesn't happen often. In your times when you're frustrated and upset, what do you do? Do you communicate from that reality? And if you do, what a shame that is, because that reality is only temporal in nature. You're not always going to feel angry towards them. You're not always going to feel envious towards them. You're not always going to feel that way towards them. So don't believe the lie which is, ah, oh, well, you know, you, you speak the truth when you're angry. That's not true. You speak a thought in your mind when you're angry. I want to encourage each and every one of you with this one particular thing. Words are powerful. And if they are powerful, and if they have the power to give life or death, 
I want to encourage each and every one of you to speak life into those you love. Even if they're not speaking life into your life. Even if they're not showing you anything that shows they have any form of love for you. As a Christian, we are not called to love compared to how we're being loved. We're called to love irrespective. It's called grace. The whole point of walking in grace is relationship. Think about that. We always talk about, oh, I'm full of grace. I'm full of grace. Grace, unmerited favor. So that means, by definition, if it's unmerited favor, the grace you're giving to someone, they don't deserve it. So if they don't deserve it, the only thing that's stopping you from giving it is one thing. Are you seeing Jesus or not? Are you seeing Jesus? Are you seeing through the lens of Christ or not? Let me tell you all this. There's a difference between knowing scripture and walking in the spirit. Everyone knows there's counselors amongst us. I know them, they're here. There's counselors amongst us and, they'll, and they'll, they can give you sound advice in times of peace. But when turmoil and madness hits their life, that advice, it's not there. Because it's a principle, it's not their reality. As Christians, we are given the word which is full of principles, but there's one thing that goes beyond principles itself. It's the person. It's the person of Jesus. The fruits of the Spirit isn't supposed to be processed. It's supposed to be organic. I'm so tired of hearing about the fruits of the Spirit. Let me do this to be more fruitful. Let me be more kind. Let me do this. Let me be more patient. I'm in the queue. I'm not going to say anything because it's the fruit of the Spirit. The very fact that you're telling yourself you're not going to do, do anything because it's the fruit of the Spirit means it probably isn't the fruit of the Spirit. Well done for not saying anything, though. You didn't disturb the person in front of you. Good. But there's levels to this. The fruit of the Spirit, really, guys, is very simple. If we abide to the vine, simply because we're branches connected to the vine, staying connected is what produces our fruitfulness. That's all this is. So if you want to be disciplined and diligent, it's good. But know what you're being disciplined and diligent with and for and why. This is why you're being disciplined and diligent. This is, this is your main thing. I want to be practical. Your discipline and diligence has to be time with the Lord. Because there's going to be sometimes people say things to you that, makes you, that will make you indirectly disconnect from God. Someone will say one thing, and that one thing you didn't know, but that one thing makes you think, maybe I'm not righteous, actually. What he said, what she done, all of a sudden you'll think, hmm, for some reason, it's like we forget that we're born again. So now you've forgotten that you're born again, you've forgotten that you're righteous, you've forgotten that you're loved, you've forgotten that you're a new creation who's able to do more things that you by yourself could have done. You forget about all of that stuff and now you're in this place where though you know Christ, you're not walking in the awareness of being with Christ. Guys, listen, I'll be honest with you. Your words are powerful. 
And one word I have for you is this. I don't know who I'm talking to. Your word is powerful. But there's one word that is more powerful than your words. It's the word of God. Scripture is a beautiful thing. But in order for the unfolding of Scripture that gives light to take place, you have to be in the awareness of the Spirit. In order to be in the awareness of the Spirit, you have to focus on the words. Not Scripture words, but the Word made flesh. You have to focus on what Jesus has done. That is the only way. Listen, let me tell you this, right? For all of you who've gone to, um, to a theme park, have you ever bought like a, one of those fast track tickets? So you just skip the queue. You just, ah, uh-huh. ah, You're there. People are waiting for an hour and a half. They're looking at you. They didn't want to spend 10 pounds more. It's their fault. My point is this. The fact that you know Jesus existed and you believed him, that he raised from the dead, you believe that. The very fact that you know this, that's your fast track ticket into the presence. Being in the presence is a beautiful thing. Why? Because in his light, you see light. This is profound. You cannot receive the word of God without the presence of God. And one of the easiest ways to come into the awareness of the presence is remember that you believe already. The word of God is powerful. Everyone inside this room has been called to receive the word, a fresh word for today. When you receive that word, it changes your perspective. I want to encourage you. When you see the word eyes in the New Testament, especially in the NKJV, it actually means understanding. I dare say, even when you see eyes in the Old Testament, it sometimes refers to understanding, especially in Proverbs. The Bible talks, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. The beautiful thing about this particular verse, oh, it's so wonderful, is though the man said a certain thing, his heart wasn't connected to the words. I'm going to take that verse and we're going to go to Matthew 6. Matthew 6 talks about 22 to 23. It talks essentially about, you know what? If, um, let's, guys, let's just go, go straight into this. Matthew 6, 22, 23. Matthew 6, 22, 23. It says, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Let me make it simple. The eye is the lamp. The perspective you have will be revealed in how you live and how you see things. If you are seeing things through the Christ perspective, what you see will be based on light. John 1 talks about that Jesus was the the, the, the light of the world and that light was the life for all mankind. Light and life, synonymous in in New Testament. So what I'm trying to say to you is this. Forget about standing on your own perspective. 
Here's a good way to know if you've been standing in your own perspective for too long. When was the last time you apologized? Don't worry, young man, I believe you. <laughs> when was the last time you apologized? 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Here's a great way to know if you're seeing things through God's eyes. When you communicate with people, are you sensing envy from what you're saying in you? Are you sensing you boasting? Are you sensing you're being arrogant? Are you sensing you're being rude? Are you sensing that you're trying to insist on your own way? Are you sensing that you're being irritated? Are you sensing you're being resentful? How interesting. Those words I've used is all 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Love is. That love is not. The beautiful thing about Christianity when you have eyes to see, you can't fake it. You can't fake it. Either Christ is active in you in that moment, or he's not. It's not condemnation if he's not, guys, Pastor A, sometimes that light's not there, guys, pray for me. But the reality is, what do you do when you know that? Let's end it here. Your words are powerful. What you say, God wants to be saying with you. Anything that you're saying that God isn't saying tends to be an issue. If you want to ensure your words are a double-edged sword that give life, that help, that encourage, if you want to make sure that's taking place, First things first, reacquaint yourself and remember the cross. The gospel message is the only thing that will humble a human. From the position of humility, you receive. 1 Chronicles 7, if my people who are called by, myself, by, by my name would humble themselves, seek my face... I'll heal the land. Brothers and sisters, God wants to heal the land of your circumstance, the land of your situation, your family homes, your work, your work locations. He wants to heal it. And sometimes he wants to heal it with the simplicity of your words. If you are desiring that one simple thing, if you are desiring for God to use your words to bless and encourage, you have to say no to self. I'm going to ask the stewards to pass out the communion. And I want to take communion collectively as a family. I want us to re-establish our commitment to the King Jesus. I want this to be a moment of repentance, of reflection, of alignment. I want everyone to remember it's not by your own strength. Don't lean on your own understanding. 
Your understanding cannot be theological. It must be spiritually given to you from on high. That understanding is what is the transformation of the mind. Before anyone takes it, and those who are at home, pause the video. I want us to take communion. Let's remember that this bread represents what Jesus came to do. He lived a sinless life. He went to the cross out of pure love. His desire was simply to bring peace to God and man. And anyone who believes has been reconciled. Your sins have been taken away. Nothing can stop you from re-engaging with the spirit of the living God right now. So when you take that bread right now, I want you to know that the old is gone. You're forgiven, you're loved. The blood represents his life. When you drink it, you're not just drinking to agreement, you're drinking to union. Pastor Mark has been preaching about being the bride of Christ. And when you drink the blood, you're saying this, I still want to be your bride. I still want to be your bride. I'm still committed to you. I'm still available to you. I still want to be used by you. I still want to know you. I still recognize that there is oneness in spirit. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And when you've taken your communion, I want you to know this. You've received God's word. And his word is he loves you. And now that you know that you're loved, now that you know that you're righteous, I want you to use your words powerfully to encourage and to bring the revelation of God's kingdom into your house, into your marriages, into your children's lives, into your friends' lives. And when you do so, when you remain consistent, all of a sudden, you're going to start hearing words changing from those around you. And all of this is to the glory of God.